I'm nicotine. I'm coming clean. I fooled the crowd when I made it sound like I was more than ready. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of When You Were Young. My name is Dan Connolly and with me as always is my co-host Chelsea Wall and my wife. Chelsea, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well because today we have our first true guest of the podcast that isn't each other. We are interviewing someone today. His name is Jim Adair, one of my good friends from college. And uh, someone I thought of immediately when we thought of this concept, and uh, really glad to have him. So, Jim, how are you? I'm doing well, Dan. You can just say that you thought of me because I have a podcast. That's That's true. Jim is great. He has a microphone. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I haven't used his microphone since sports went on a hiatus. (laughs) Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, let's begin. Jim Adair, where are you from? Uh, I am from a couple of different places, technically. Uh, I was born and raised in the Port Richmond section of Philadelphia uh, until I was about 13. Moved out to the Burbs, Delco, Ridley Park specifically. Uh, Went to high school out there. Uh, And now I'm back in Philadelphia. And in the meantime, in between there, I spent uh, about 20 summers down the shore in their completions. I I did the math the other day. I think it was about three and a half to four complete years of Wildwood, New Jersey as well. (laughs) Wow. Nice. So... It sounds like you spent some formative years in the suburbs. Do you yeah. identify more with a suburban upbringing or do you sort of feel like it was a mixed bag for you? You know, it's really, I should have expected this question number one. And I should have prepared answer. <laughs> I think about this all the time because I say to people, um, if you ask me where I'm from, I would say Delco. Mm. But I say that knowing that like no one has found out said like oh where are you from in forever so I don't know what I would actually instinctively say. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a pretty this is great for this podcast by the way I have a pretty bad memory of the earlier years of my life. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so for me, my memories are deeper with Delco stuff. Um, I don't really have any friends from the prior time before I before high school essentially that are still friends of mine that weren't like family friends that are like around still to this day and like you said like that those are kind of your formative years from I guess I would have been 13 12 13 to 18 so even though that's much shorter amount of time compared to the first 13 years like what are really the first five or six years of your life it's all nonsense yeah um (laughs) so yeah I would I would probably say I identify as a Delco person, but um, I do feel kind of othered to my Delco friends because they I didn't have the upbringing and the uh, life they had either. Right. Um, just as a quick comparison, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I was recently at a bachelor party with one of my high school friends from one of my high school friends, and uh, he's a notorious... Um, pathological liar so a friend of ours made this game that was kind of mean-spirited but it was all in good fun of like a jeopardy style game of all the lies that he told his friends from growing up and then he had a couple of college friends there and it was like uh what was his lie and what was the truth blah blah blah. and there were so many questions about grade school and stuff like that before and everyone was looking at me kind of forgetting that i wasn't around then right and i didn't know that stuff because i didn't get there until eighth grade and i didn't really know any of those guys until ninth or tenth grade um so that kind of makes me feel othered there but at the same time 
they don't really remember that I wasn't around then either. So am I just kind of othering myself in that way? That's mm -hmm. a yeah. much deeper question for someone who I paid to answer to. <laughs> so let's get into Philadelphia versus Ridley Park. And I just want to mm -hmm. mention, when you say Delco, you mean Delaware County, which is yes. the oh, suburb. Yes, I should. Yes. Um, Delaware County, the, the most direct southeastern suburb of the city of Philadelphia. Okay. Right. So when we talk about Philadelphia Southwestern, versus, sorry. Yeah. When we talk about Philadelphia versus Ridley Park versus Delco, what are the stark differences of your childhood of those times? So just uh, feel like doing some glossary terms here. Uh, Ridley Park is the specific town within Ridley Township where my parents reside and where I lived during my high school years. I spent very little time there itself uh, and went spent more time in Delco as a whole because I went to Catholic school. Hmm. Uh, so I spent, you know, I feel like if I'd gone to Ridley High School, I would have been in Ridley Park all the time, but instead i spent most of my time uh in springfield or in uh drexel hill or wherever else so mm -hmm. uh that delco as a whole and more specific towns but delco as a whole is more of a hometown thing to me than ridley park as it's as it's town i have complicated feelings about ridley park which i'm sure we will also get to yeah. mm -hmm. um but uh port richmond and philadelphia in general but specifically port richmond is a unique thing for me as well because um my dad is from there uh, my dad's dad and my dad's mom are from there. Uh, my mom's dad uh, isn't from there, but he's from uh, relatively close. Uh, my two grandfathers went to high school together. Not there, but it was a Catholic school again, but it was all around there. I've been doing some genealogy research lately, <laughs> and uh, I said to my grandmother recently uh, as a joke, she just turned 90, that uh, um, it seems to me that when the family came over from Ireland that they went as far west as their money could take them, which is about two streets off the river. <laughs> and she said, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, pretty much. Uh -huh. Because a lot of the family, whether it be the Adairs, uh, which is my dad's dad's family, or the Carries, which is my dad's mom's family, uh, or the Pattersons, my mom's dad's family, uh, have been in that general area since they got off the boat. And that was like, so the Adairs have been in Port Richmond. They're not anymore. No one's there anymore. Yeah. My uncle's still there, but that's, yeah. But uh, they've been in Port Richmond since, like, the early, early 1900s. Okay, wow. When it was, like, partially farmland still. Like, I've, I've found, I've, I have found, like, death certificates of, uh, like, great, great, great granduncles or whatever who drowned in lakes where there are no longer lakes. <laughs> yeah, so that is, like, a historical connection there. But at the same time, when I when we moved out of there, my dad had lived there for fifty years, pretty much all within like a eight block radius of mm -hmm. wh where he grew up is at my grandma's house, and I'd lived there for twelve years. Oh wow! Okay. So you know, it's it's like an ancestral thing to me. Yeah. But there's very little connection that I have with that physical place itself, whereas uh, the Delco thing is more of a connection there. Now, just the the base level differences are. Uh, Ridley Park, especially where my parents live, is still kind of a, I don't know how to say it, not an urban suburb, uh, but there is certainly, it's certainly further, it's not very rural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we're red, they're, they're very close to a freight train track, so there's still noise. Uh, <laughs> they're pretty close to the Blue Route, so there's still tons of car traffic. Right by the airport. Right by the airport. Not, Ridley Park's just past the airport, so. It's not like they went deep Westchester or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was still, it, you know, an enormous culture shock for me uh, going into eighth grade 
also just bad timing in general. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was an enormous culture shock to me. And now looking at it as someone who has lived in South Philly on and off for the last couple of years and, you know, have this, these different lifestyles on my head, like it's really not all of that different. Like, yeah, houses are more spread out and culturally it's very different, but like the people are by and large pretty close to the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was just such a culture shock for me in eighth grade that I, I, just, I, I honestly had a very hard time handling it. Yeah. Yeah. What changed for you as an eighth grader or like as a 12 to 13 year old? Oh boy. Uh, well, I didn't get any taller. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, uh, no, it was a lot. I, I, in Port Richmond, I had a couple close friends that I hung out with and I hung out with my brother a lot. My brother is just a year and a half older than me. Hmm. So we had a lot of the same friends as well, but it was like, usually, it was usually a pretty small group of kids. It was like me and my brother and like one or two other kids. Um, and then when we moved, uh, I, of course, in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm missing all my tons and tons of friends that I hang out with, which is just like one or two people, honestly. But it was the entire culture change. So that was very hard. Um, and to be honest with you, like after two months of eighth grade, there were probably kids in that class I knew better than the kids I would consider like some of my better friends from growing up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a 12-year-old doesn't think that way. Sure. Right. So that was a huge adjustment thing for me. Uh, it was also, <laughs> I think you heard me mention earlier, we moved in July of 2001. Ooh. Uh, things were changing very quickly right after that as well. Yeah. Um, so I spent a lot of my eighth grade year convincing myself that, like, this was just a temporary thing and I would somehow, like, be back, hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it, which is insane to think about now. But I also just didn't know how to handle change. I'd never dealt with change like that in that way before. I was also, looking back on it now, dealing with something called clinical depression. Oh. <laughs> not, I would not know about it for another six or seven or eight years after that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I did not handle it well uh, at all. Mm. Um, just emotionally. Like, I didn't, like, cause trouble for the most part, but it was just emotionally a very, a very tough thing. Yeah. Sure. I want to go back and talk about Delco specifically. And I uh-huh. think you're the per- the perfect person for people who are unfamiliar with what Delco, again, being Delaware County, is. Mm-hmm. Can you describe the essence of Delco and, like, the essence of, like, the Delco accent? Oh, boy. Well, um, it honestly, this is where Delco kind of becomes this this United Nations nato european (laughs) union kind of deal because and i want to jump in hold on real quick and say that yeah delco in my opinion got famous i want to know i want to know an outsider's take on it first if you can if we can well i would i went on youtube earlier and i went like delco accent and i forgot not that this happened but that the true like viral video that maybe listeners would remember and it was only a few years ago was when Jimmy Fallon and Tina Fey were on a weekend update and they did right. the the Philly accent but truly that was a Delco accent because Tina well, Fey's from Delco. Tina Fey's from Upper Darby, yeah. I'll take the accent part first. So, and I never thought I had an accent growing up. I'm sure most people don't. Uh looking back, looking listening now, and I, this is why this kind of plays into the Delco part. My aunts, my grandma, my mom have to me noticeable accents i don't know what it is about 
I think honestly, I think higher pitched voices it comes out more. Hmm. The Philadelphia accent specifically. Yeah. Um, I have uncles. I have my dad's friends over there. But like, my dad doesn't have it that much. Um, my brother doesn't have it that much. I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, there's the Philadelphia accent, sure, which I'm sure we have a bit of a semblance of, which is probably if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking this guy has an accent, that's what you're probably hearing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because what the Delco accent is is, and this is my personal pet theory, is that. People come to Philadelphia from all over the world. Uh, people come to Delco from Philadelphia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the accent just like it curdles there, <laughs> and it breathes, <laughs> and like it gets like super powered. So the 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 way I'm talking right now, the way I just said talking, yeah, um, is more the Philly accent. Now, if I was going to try to do something like this and oh make my, my mouth a little bit smaller. And talk a little bit like that, then oh that's god. more the Delco accent, so right? Good. Yeah. Now, if I was to say like, "Well, oh my god, I can't believe that." Well, we should go out later. Well, that's the Delco <laughs> accent. Yes. And it, you can see it's just more like an evolved, yeah, way. It, it's it's truly a fascinating beast. Uh huh. And I mean beast wholly. <laughs> like here, here's a here's an example that I just think about. My yeah, mom has a my mom is a friend who teaches English as a second language, and she has a Delco accent. Oh, boy. Now, uh, something that makes it very funny because I'm imagining like a French person speaking English with a Delco accent, but <laughs> she she had told my mom this story. My mom told me that someone, like a woman told her in class, like, oh, I, you know, I think your accent's so beautiful, like the Delco accent. <laughs> and I was, I, I could not wrap my head around not that. Not exactly the first word I think of, but. No. So I imagined, and I told my mom this, I imagined like a, a French man sitting down at a bar and talking to this girl from Delco and being like, I can't do a French accent, but like being like, oh my God, your accent is so beautiful. She's like, she's like, oh my God, shut up. You're going to make me blush. It's <laughs> insane to me. So, yeah. I love that. That is the Delco accent. But Delco as a whole, culturally, talk to most people who are born and raised in Delco. And that people have a lot of fun with it. I'm not being judgmental sure. here. I have a lot of fun with it, but. People are very, very proud to be from Delco, and they're very, very proud that they are from Delco and not from Philadelphia. Not it's just not anything against Philadelphia. We're like, no, I'm from Delco. Right. Mm-hmm. They have T-shirts. There are bumper stickers. Everybody. Yeah. It's 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 a very kind of it's a special kind of pride. So I have to ask this question to everybody: What kind of jobs did people have in Delco in Ridley Park? Like, what were people doing um, for work? So we moved out there because my dad was working out there as a teacher. Okay. Um, when we lived, growing up, my dad, so my mom's been like a executive assistant or secretary my whole life. Um, and she still does that. My dad's now retired. Uh, but my dad was a welder uh, when he was younger. Just his dad was a welder. They worked together. My dad got hurt in the job and then used his workman's comp to go back to school and became a teacher when he was like 40. Oh, Wow. Nice. Yeah, so we were living in Port Richmond, and he was working in Upper Darby. Okay. And that was just a pain pain in the ass of a travel thing for him. And my mom worked in Center City, and, like, we can just move to the Burbs, and she can get on Regional Rail and be there quicker. So we went out there. So my dad was a teacher. Uh, my mom was a secretary. You see a lot of stuff like that. I have a lot of friends from high school who are teachers who live out there. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of my friends from high school that, I, that live out there now are teachers or real estate or nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I don't know what my friend's parents were doing. I have a friend who had his dad laid tile. Um, so a lot of like 
manual work but not laborer work. Mm-hmm. Sure. And lots of teachers, lots of nurses, lots of secretaries, lots of yeah. real estate people, stuff like that. Were a lot of people taking regional rail into the city to work? Yeah, I did for a while. Oh, okay. I for a couple, yeah, I, I worked uh, when I when I uh, took a year off of school. I worked at Starbucks in Center City, so I took a regional rail every morning. Hell yeah! Isn't and regional rail the best? It's it's incredibly great. Honestly. I love it. Uh, the most confounding thing to me. Uh, is that and it baffles my mind so i when i worked at starbucks i i I was a would have been a between freshman and sophomore year of college i took some time off and i had friends with drexel so me live at my parents house and i go want to go to drexel to party and um the trains coming out of the city no no sorry backwards the train from ridley park goes into the city Mm -hmm. later than the train leaves the city and i'm like that makes no sense because if you're if this is a purely suburban and that makes tons of sense with people who work nights and stuff but mm-hmm. as a, a 19 year old i'm like no 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 i have to party <laughs> why can't i get a train out at a, at 1 a.m but i can get a train in at 1 a.m makes no sense uh the the art the former r2 they now wilmington newark line mm-hmm. uh yeah it's a it's a very special it, that i actually I really love that train line. Yeah. Uh, it's it's where my parents are. It's a quick 30 minutes in, just enough to relax, not enough where you're like really stressed out because it's taking too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, met some real weirdos on that train sometimes. All right. I met this guy. There was this guy who, you can Google him, and you can find this information about him. You cannot find anything verifying its truth or how, how true it is, but his name was... Uh, I guess I don't know if you have to bleep this. I don't know. What <laughs> His name is uh, Pascal Cantona. I always remember that. He was this really, really old guy. He's probably now in his early 90s, if not mid-90s. And he was dressed like an old guy. He's hunched over thin. Like, he's very obviously old. He asked me some simple question, whatever. And I'm like, all right, whatever. The train's coming in five minutes. I'll sit next to this guy and talk to him. He, like, asked me to talk to him. So I started talking to him. He lived in Ridley Park. Uh, his house where he lived is now for sale I looked for his name in the obits. I, don't, I can't find it, so I don't know what happened. But, uh, he told me a story about how in the 60s, he was Jackie Kennedy's hairdresser. What? And that he cut the hair at the embassy in, in D.C., and uh, he knew the Kennedys, and he knew her after the, the assassination, and he was close with the family, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you can find – you got to do some digging, but you can find he, – he had an antique store in the Connecticut at some point. You can find – stories about him after that mentioned he was Jackie Kennedy's hairdresser wow. but I can't find anything like from that time uh-huh. that like puts veracity to that claim um, but I will say he thought uh, LBJ had something to do with it oh my god yeah. <laughs> wow yeah so let's go I want to ask a couple childhood questions let's go. one let's of which nuts. related to school mm-hmm. question that Chelsea uh, thought of and I love this question a lot did you bring or buy lunch as a child in grade school? I well, we didn't have a, a buy lunch uh, thing. It's Catholic Catholic school. Hey, we okay. have to talk about Catholic school. Maybe yeah. we should just yeah. talk about Catholic school. So growing up for me, it wasn't buy lunch or bring lunch. Some kids went home for lunch if they had parents who worked from home or who were who worked nights or mm-hmm. were unemployed or whatever. At lunchtime, if they lived close to school, they would go home, eat lunch with their family, and then come back. Mm-hmm. So we were, everyone was always jealous of those kids because a lot of those kids would get picked up by their dad or their mom and they'd go to McDonald's oh. and they come back and you can smell the McDonald's and meanwhile I'm eating like a bologna and cheese and a bag of Ritz crackers. <laughs> so we didn't have, maybe like in 6th, 7th grade when I was still there, you could buy like 
a, a iced tea or something, but there was no prepared food. In high school, there was. Okay. Uh, and in high school, I still always brought lunch because my parents refused to pay for anything. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so they would always, ma- they'd rather make me a lunch and then have me buy anything. I, in high school, I, when my bus got in the school in the morning and we were in the uh, cafeteria, I would always buy uh, like a, we had a, we had a Wawa drink vending machine, which is the most Delco shit Wait. you could ever possibly imagine. I've never what? seen one to this day since then. We got it like my sophomore year, and I still haven't seen another one to this day. Are you telling it was me a, that it was a soda machine that was bo- plastic bottles of Wawa beverages? Yeah, Wawa, the iced teas and chocolate milk. You didn't so. dream this, Jim? No, I swear to God. That's insane. Uh, yeah, never seen another one in my entire life. But so we used to, I used to get like the. Uh, the Wawa half and half from there. Sure. Not, not half and half creamer, half and half like iced tea lemonade wow. uh, every morning. And then other than that, like, yeah, but I didn't really, every once in a while, once in a blue moon, I would get something for lunch. But even then, it was not like my parents were like, go buy lunch. It's like I had money in my wallet and I wasn't going to eat the sandwich, so I just bought lunch instead. Mm-hmm. And how would, you, I mean, I guess you only have the reference to Catholic school, but like as someone who went to public school, I am just mm-hmm. so, and was raised Catholic. I'm like, what was that like? Um, I come from a long line of Catholic school attenders. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad and mom and all my aunts and uncles went to Catholic school. All of my grandparents went to Catholic school. So it's just like in the blood. Yeah. Um, all of my cousins have gone to Catholic school. All of my cousins, I think. And I got like 30 cousins. Um, Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. That seems pretty Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Very. My dad was one of nine. My mom's one of five. Okay. Um, Yeah. uh, Catholic school is a scam. Okay. Uh, It is. um, It's a perfectly fine education that is on par with, if not slightly worse than most public schools. Okay. But you pay a lot of money for it for some reason. Yeah. That's about it. There's nothing I learned at my Catholic school that I could not have learned at a public school. And I think, honestly, uh, for me personally, I'll, I'll put that caveat on there, the time spent studying theology uh, in my Catholic schooling took away from learning the realities of life that people learn in public schools. Oh, wow. I personally think, and again, this is speaking only to my direct experience with the schools I went to, that when it comes to things like history, uh, specifically, uh, it is there are some shortcomings. They, the curriculum, I'm sure, is different for many teachers and schools and whatever. But my exact experience is that I think the the learnings and teachings of history in in the schools I went to was very very lacking. Mm-hmm. I did think I I and this is part of why I took the path I took professionally and in college. That at least with my experience as well, I had very very good uh, English teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Catholic school is a, in general is uh, an outdated concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also they're incredibly expensive. Yeah, and like especially you went to now, Cardinal O'Hara, correct? I went to Cardinal O'Hara High School, which is not a private school, but it's a Catholic school. Not to go, you know what? I'm gonna. You can keep talking. Okay. I'm gonna pull something up real quick. I don't want to misquote details, sure. information, but last I remember. Uh, the number was pretty, pretty fucking high. No, I'm uh, so I won't really throw curious. a number out there without checking. Yeah, I'd love um, to hear a number. Seventy-four hundred dollars. Wow, a year, huh? Yeah, and it was probably about sixty percent of that when I went. You'd have to ask my parents mm-hmm. that for the real answer there, but 
uh, I think it was it was it was certainly less. And I can't really say directly how much less. Yeah. But that's an insane amount of money. Mm-hmm. A truly, truly insane amount of money. Yeah. And I assume uh, your brother also went. Yes, but different school. He went to Catholic school, but different school. Okay. And your he parents, they stand by it. Uh, that's a question for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd say probably yeah. Because like they don't they don't my dad said he's not mad at me about not wearing my retainer and like braces were really expensive, so I'm sure he's fine. Interesting. So yeah, who were you in high school? That's a fantastic question. Um, I had a real bad haircut for a long time. Um, I was uh, so I was one of around 500 kids in my in my class. In your grade, okay. Yeah, in the grade. Um, and I was one year into Delco, right? So uh-huh. I had a handful of people I was friendly with uh, who uh, I knew going into the school. I After six months of high school, I was not friends with people anymore because I was just like these – they were just like – it was out of necessity. I had to be like friends with them mm-hmm. because like they were the only people I knew. And like I don't think really liked you that much to be honest with you. <laughs> but – um, I had no idea who I was going to be or who I should be or, or what I was going to do. So uh, I joined the football team wow. uh, and I played freshman football and then I played about two weeks of sophomore football before I quit. Wow. Uh, and a majority of uh, my best friends who I was on that bachelor party with, I met on the football team, honestly. Wow. Uh, yeah. None of them are doing anything athletic these days. <laughs> yeah. I, I basically did that to, to meet people when I met people. Um, and then I bounced around in friend groups for a while. I didn't really know. Cause a lot of people, like I had said, like they had known kids for 10, 12 years. I had known people for a month. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. So I had found freshman year. Only, I didn't really get to know anybody. I didn't really go anywhere, do much of anything. And then sophomore year, I had like one group of friends that I would hang out with. And then kind of a second group who I had more fun with. But they were like harder to get to, and like I had to get dropped by my parents since I was fourteen. Yeah. Um. So I hung out with them a little bit less, and then those two groups kind of merged together in a weird way. Uh, and then I hung out with them pretty much for the year straight. None of them I talked to anymore. <laughs> uh, and it was just like I had to. I think I feel like I had to experience what other people's social lives were like to figure out what I liked in my social life. Mm-hmm. And I eventually landed on the people that I I still love and care for to this day. But like I didn't, I didn't drink in high school. Um, I would hang out at the places where people were drinking and not drink because hmm. uh, I was just terrified of consequences. <laughs> um, but I would hang out at what they called Pelican Valley. If I'm blowing up any uh, uh, preteen spots right now, but <laughs> there's a high school or there's a middle school in Springfield called E.T. Richardson, and it's now been like expanded. So I don't know what the deal is there, but behind E.T. Richardson Middle School there's some woods and just behind like where the parking lot is, it dips down into like this valley and it's probably flat down there for like 30 feet and maybe a little, little creek, creek down there and it goes back up the other side. That's Pelican Valley. Love it. Named as such because um, the people who basically discovered it and were like, we should drink down here, did it in the dead of winter and swore that they found a frozen to death pelican. <laughs> I don't think it was a pelican in Springfield, Delaware County. No. But... That's what we called it, Pelican Valley. That's a great so, story. Yeah. Yeah. We go to Pelican Valley. Uh, cops came once. Uh, that was it. Nice. Uh, and then I was after a while, I was like, I don't 
really these people like aren't my friends i'm yeah. just hanging out you know <laughs> which is whatever uh and then i found people that i really liked so i was a kind of person who kind of like was chameleonic and just kind of went with the flow a little bit mm-hmm. i would have been described as an emo sure mm-hmm. uh I had what my friends and I affectionately called the emo helmet, which is where you had the big bowl of hair. Sure. And after the shower, when it's still wet, you bend yourself over and you comb it out. Yes. Pull it up, put a hat on so it swoops out on yes. the outside. Yeah, classic emo helmet. Yeah. Did uh, you have like a signature outfit? No, I didn't have like... Uh, I mean, everyone back then was dressing pretty much the same like emo-wise, which was like you weren't in skinny jeans yet. Mm-hmm. But you were in like incredibly tight T-shirts for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so like your mom nev- gives you a hundred dollars in August for back to school clothing. Where do you go? No back to school clothing, Dan. We have uniforms. <laughs> oh my god! You're right. Have back to Did school you forget? Clothing. I literally forgot. Dan, we wore uniforms. Yeah, we all didn't go to public school. My bad. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, no, but like, like so. That's a good thing. I feel like there was so much angst around whether or not I was going to pop the collar of the polo. And if I oh, had yeah, just we been in a uniform, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, anyway, sorry right. I interrupted you. Please continue. No, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Like, um, yeah, we didn't. I never thought about it clothing that much. But with the uniform thing, it's its own separate thing because we had to wear certain color pants, certain shoes shirt and tie and then the, the school sweater which is either blue or red mm-hmm. most most people wore the blue the red was a really weird red color to look good on nobody but then like you could wear any tie you wanted but like no one really judged you for the tie but like you didn't want to look like a loser at the same time right so you didn't wear like a, you want to wear like a cool tie or whatever um and then the girls uniform was the same but with a skirt and tights hmm. uh and then when it was a spring uniform time it was the same for the guys but they could either just not wear the sweater and wear a, a shirt and tie or they can wear the polo shirt and then the girls can wear a polo shirt and wear knee-high socks instead of the skirt. Wow! So those were your, those were your, the the totality of your options. Incredible. Dan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was um, wore a lot of like Converse and band T-shirts combined with like uh, old shirts from like sports teams I was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like I don't know, probably like Coles jeans. Sure. Hell yeah. I never had I never I had friends who like really went hard into like the white studded belt. I never had that. Mm. I never did like like leather band bracelets. I have a I did have a pretty thick Nixon watch at one point. <laughs> yeah, I it was like I didn't go full steam into it. There were kids who were wearing like skinny jeans, which back then you had to you had to buy girls pants. Right. Yep. Uh the true heroes, the true uh <laughs> the 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 Marco Polos of our time. Uh <laughs> I wasn't one of those. I didn't do. I didn't get into skinny jeans until like college. But Better yeah, on. people were people were out there doing it. I wasn't one of them. Yeah. We were doing it. Okay, yeah. your relationship with AOL Instant Messenger. Do you have one? And if so, what was oh, your yeah. screen name? So I had two. Nice. I had um, Rufio 1927 from the band. No. Oh, from the movie. Yes. Oh, wait, what movie? Hook from Hook. Oh, wow. Where the band name comes from. This is one of those uh, moments where I realize how much how much younger I am than yeah, Dan. I'm yeah. so much All right. younger. <laughs> I would always have when I would say people on screen and they were like, "Oh, like the band," and I would just nod. I'm like, I had never heard of the band. Um, but yeah, there was that, and then I had a friend, Chris Ernst, who uh, still one of the funny people I ever met in my entire life, and his screen name was like Ernstein Bear. And I'm like, that's fucking clever. That's cute. That's Still, clever. we're 32. I'm almost 32. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's clever. So I'm like, I want something like that where it's like clever. Yeah. So I had uh, I had truth or a dare. 
Oh, mm. honestly, that's yeah. great. I would yeah. have thought that was very cool. So, like, were you on AIM every night? Was this, like, a, a, a routine for you, or was it every so often? Uh, it, was, it was very often, I'd say, especially before I could go places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I, could, I mean, I didn't, well, I didn't drive to college, mm-hmm. but uh, when most people started getting licenses. But I had to split the commuter time with my brother at the same time, so. Yeah, okay. I was on it as much as I could be, but. I mean, it was never like a, a thing where I was like, I got to get on AIM. I'm like yelling at my brother about it. Maybe maybe if you asked him, he would say differently. I just don't remember. But um, it was just like, I think we delineated our computer time separately. And then we were when we were on, we were just pretty much all the way, always on AIM. And also, I, for my entire life, I've never slept well. So I was always, always up late. Um, so I'd always be up on AIM later than everyone was probably already asleep. And I was just on there. Yeah. Being up late on AIM was like one of the best vibes Truly. Yeah. It was like you and like two other weirdos. That you were going to talk to tomorrow, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So you're a music guy. I'm going to just put that label on you. All right. I'll take it. Break down. What do you think were some of the most important albums for you in high school, let's say? So if we talk about important in a couple of different ways. Sure. um, My favorite band in like eighth grade was Nirvana. I got like real into Nirvana. I got real into I made my mom at her job print out at her company printer. Uh the this is embarrassing. Uh print out the um the files from that guy. His name was Tom Grant, I think. Uh-huh. Who was like the private investigator who said that like it was a conspiracy about Kurt Cobain's death. Oh and my god. And then from that, I got really into Foo Fighters. Sure. And honestly, every band I like now can be traced directly back to liking Foo Fighters. Oh, wow. Because um, at that time, I was into basically like Foo Fighters and Weezer and like radio rock. Mm-hmm. And I was on both the Foo Fighters and Weezer message boards. Um, and I didn't really post mm-hmm. a lot at all um, around probably 02 or 03. So, eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, I remember going to the like the other music for, forum on the message board, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, "Hey, like I'm looking to expand my musical boundaries. Uh, like, what CD should I ask for for Christmas?" <laughs> um, and like, I got like a bunch of su- suggestions, and like, so I asked for like eight CDs that Christmas, and I got a bunch of them. I can only remember like three of them. I think I got. Um, a John Lennon CD, okay, that had just come out, like like acoustic stuff, and I'm like, this is cool, and I listen to it, I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> uh, I got Chevelle, Wonder What's Next, sure, uh, and I got um, Elliot Smith from A Basement on the Hill. Oh my god! And then that was it. That yeah. is I it. I might have gotten, if not there, I would have gotten because I didn't have this CD I think I downloaded it I got uh, into Sunday Day Real Estate that way as well nice. from Foo Fighters since obviously they shared members so uh, any Foo Fighters record I would say because it led me to the rest of the stuff then there's Based on the Hill uh, Diary by Sunday Day Real Estate uh, Francis the Mute by the Mars Volta uh, <laughs> which fucking holds up yeah, wow. <laughs> it holds up uh, Good Apollo 1 by Coheed mm-hmm. More Adventures by Arlo Kylie. Mm-hmm. nice Futures by Jimmy Eat World, nice. and let me do one more. 
Ooh, I'll do one. Here's one. This is later, but it came out on my 17th birthday, and that is uh, Jackson Mannequin's Everything in Transit. Hell yeah. You are speaking yeah. exactly to yeah. the correct audience for that yeah. album. has been referenced so. before in this pod, so hell oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's... Those are, like, probably... I have... There were, like... I have a CD book somewhere that has... I used to have MP3 discs. Uh-huh. Before MP3 players were a right. thing, we burn a bunch of things to and you play it in your disc man if you can read mp3 discs and they had ones that like 300 plus songs on them but just been, I was really in the head automatica yeah um, yeah nice yeah. stuff like that but yeah those were probably the ones that jump out to me now and I would I would probably lean in on the most mm-hmm. nice for sure I totally see that let's go to Jim do you have like a bizarre either bizarre or an embarrassing memory from your childhood or adolescence that you'd like to share yeah I got a fucking bizarre one but... <laughs> right so <laughs> Uh, growing up in Richmond, Portia, so I'm, I'm probably at this point fourth or fifth or maybe sixth grade, probably fourth or fifth, I want to say. Um, we would do uh, with the kids on the street, so probably me and my brother and like three or four or five other kids, uh, but we would do what what you suburban folks would call ding-dong dit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no one had doorbells. So we called it uh, Knock Knock Zoom Zoom. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So you do Knock Knock Zoom Zoom on the block. There was this guy that lived across the street from my from our house and then maybe four or five doors to the right who was this old recluse. We called him Moses. We found out his real name years later by bothering the mailman until he told us because the mailman, the mailman was my baseball coach. Um, Wait, this seems illegal. He, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to get... He was probably pretty <laughs> illegal, but... Um, he was old. He lived alone. My dad always said he was crazy. He apparently had, like, spray-painted, like, pre the rosary on the side of his, his car and, like, sold it to somebody for, somebody for a dollar. Like, he, I, he obviously had some issues, and, and we were being little assholes bothering him when you should have been left alone. Uh, knock on the door. Run away. Hide behind some parked cars. Comes out, looks around. Whatever. Do it again. Comes out, looks even more mad. I'm one of the younger people in the group. They're like, all right, you're next. I'm like, okay. Blah, blah. Knock, knock, knock. I go, knock, door swings wide open. He was waiting behind the door. Freak out. I panic. I don't know what to do. So I just run into my house. <laughs> my dad is sitting on the couch reading the newspaper. Moses follows me into the house, like hot on my tail. <laughs> I run in. I can run into the kitchen. I'm like crying or whatever. Moses walks in. My dad looks at him. Moses stops in his tracks, looks at my dad looks at me and says and I've had these words in my head this entire time and I, I tend to exaggerate things over time and I've asked my brother more than once is this what Moses said and he said yes and that is your teachers are sexy zombies wearing lots of makeup and then he walked out of the house wow that's not where I thought that was headed me neither yeah yeah that's probably the weirdest thing that happened to me it's, it's pretty weird pretty weird yeah yeah on the opposite on the uh, on the opposite end i uh i won paper airplane flying contest and went to chicago twice for free what did you wait then you knew this. i did knew you know this, this but thing? i need you to yeah. retell this i um we used to play sports at the uh police athletic league at the pal the rizzo pal maybe that's for frank rizzo uh in Port Richmond and we would go there and we would do like after school events my brother did wrestling there we played basketball and the basketball it was it's in this former police building where it's not regulation size at all there's no bench you just like stand up against the wall and the rims are like six or seven feet yeah 
we would go there after school and like hang out. My dad used he would like help out with the the cop who ran it. His name is Ernie Rear. This guy he he ran the uh, he was like the I don't know what the title of it, but he like ran the pal. And my dad would help him out and stuff like that. So we're hanging out there late one night playing ping pong or whatever. And my dad's like, "Oh, Ernie, what's going on?" He was getting ready to leave, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to the Fitz Dixon pal to there's a." pal wide paper airplane flying contest <laughs> you know uh, yeah he's like just Jimmy want to come and I was like yeah sure we'll go so we went um, you had a, there was four categories there was design distance accuracy and loft so design you had to just like fold a paper airplane like design it so they use like glitter glue and shit whatever and then accuracy you stood at the baseline and you had to throw the paper airplane I think you got three shots to the center dot of the tip off circle for basketball court mm-hmm uh, loft on the other side, you just throw it in the air. They timed it, and then distance was the same. They had like a runway kind of thing, and they put all the scores together and winners. So I did it the first year, and it was like, all right, whatever. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, I'd like to do it next year. Like, let me know next time so I know in advance. <laughs> so the next year we did it, but they changed the rules where um, it wasn't just like a designed paper airplane for the design part. You can like build something. Hmm. So I did like uh, I remember I did uh, it was like a space shuttle thing with like space shuttle wings. And it, the body of it was a paper towel tube, and the front of it was half of a sky bouncer. <laughs> and I painted it up and stuff like that. And I won. I was one of like a dozen winners of I don't know how many fucking people were there. And then the prize was that on like a Tuesday, they picked me up in a van at my house, and we leave Philly and we fly to Chicago. We tore O'Hare, we went to a Phillies Cubs game at Wrigley, Wrigley Field, what? and then we flew back that night. Wow. It's great. That's incredible. So then I did, did it again the next year. One again. Oh my god! But the prize is the same back to back years, so I wasn't allowed to go. Oh. So I was furious. Sad. Went went again the year after. Won again. Went did the same trip, but instead of a six or a, a Phillies game, it was we went to the Air and Space Museum oh. in Chicago. Cool. And I flew back. So yeah, I am technically a three time paper airplane flying champion. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. Cannot fold a paper airplane. I do not know how. What? How did you win these things? I did them all that day. I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to ask you this one. Do you have a first memory or at least a memory that you think about often from your childhood? Um, I don't think I have a first memory. And a lot of things from when I was really little get jumbled up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like really vague memories of... It can be like, totally kinder- normal too kindergarten and stuff like that just like yeah run in the middle like day in class this is a day of class pre-k at the a&w playground on don't remember the streets but they started with a&w one was westmoreland um and there was a kid in this class i'm not going to say his name <laughs> just i don't want to besmirch him he's a great guy uh and he actually went to Kutztown for a year mm-hmm. and when I went to Connections which is the the orientation weekend yep. I hung out with him the entire time because he's a family friend I've known him since I was like born mm-hmm. he's a family friend mm-hmm. my dad's friend's kid but I had first met him remember at least remember meeting him in that preschool class and I remember after the first day of preschool my mom was like do you meet any friends and I'm like yeah there's this kid and I said his name but I don't want to be his friend <laughs> and she goes why I'm like because he picked his nose and then tried to shake my hand <laughs> <laughs> So. That's a wonderful yeah, story. He's very successful now mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really have, there's not many, everything like pre-12 is all jumbled up in one big ball mm-hmm. where I don't know if it's, if I was six or nine or eight or five, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. And it's a lot of just like sports, playing sports. The closest thing to a specific direct memory I can think of would have been, so I'm 31. I would have been 10. Mm-hmm. So this is well, well in. But 
I was playing left field in baseball practice at Cahawks Playground, and a Jeep pulled up, and my uncle got out, and he talked to my dad, and my dad started loudly crying and drove away. Oh, my God. That's because he was told that, he was told that my grandfather died, oh. and he left me there. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he left me at baseball practice, and I had to get a ride home. Oh, no. <laughs> and no one told me. So no one knew how, like, the, I guess they assumed that I figured it out. I was 10. Yeah. So no one told me what happened. So I'm going to ride home from, like, a kid who's a pitcher on the team I don't even like. <laughs> and then no one said anything to me. And then I get in, and my whole family's, like, crying. And I'm just like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, I had no idea what was going to happen. I had, like, I had, like, context clue myself when I figured out what was going on. Wow. Huh. Also, to this day, no one tells me shit. <laughs> <laughs> so no one tells me shit. Well, if you could tell you something, what would you say to your younger self if you could, like, give that young kid, like, a message? Whether it be information, inspiration. I think the short answer is chill out. Mm. Uh, And the long answer is there's this thing called depression and you got it. (laughs) Um, Everything looking back um, still comes back to me that are like it's like a moment or a thought where I'm like I reacted to something wrong Hmm. or I felt a way that I shouldn't have felt in a moment where like I like like something like very minor happened and I felt like it was the end of the world I'm like that's depression yeah Yeah. like I didn't have the language for that until I was 17 but I'm like this has been I've had this my entire life Mm -hmm. essentially and just not knowing that there was a name for it or that there was something mm-hmm. and just knowing like oh I'm just, like I'm just wrong or right. like I just have a bad life or a brain or whatever like I, it was so yeah just knowing that like there's like there's a name for this and you can figure your way to work with it mm-hmm. in your best possible outcome uh, that would have been huge so that probably would be it and yeah and also just like chill out man yeah. <laughs> and don't drink as much soda and wear your retainer <laughs> wear your retainer soda those are the main ones never worn a retainer my teeth are the same yeah. as they were now before my braces <laughs> real shame so my parents didn't pay for orthodontics they're like you're not gonna take it's care exactly of it exactly why my mom didn't yeah well my brother got my brother's teeth are beautiful he was he wore his he had a mount like he had like a headpiece. oh wow mm. and he wore that and his his teeth are straighter than mine now so who's who he wins <laughs> i don't win he wins yeah well awesome this is this was great yeah thanks jim we really appreciate you being our first virtual podcast guest this is weird but i'll come back fun. on episode 100 when i remember other stories that i forgot about. There you yes go. we'll make it happen cool thanks jim <laughs>